gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex Retweet. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this new era of Saturday Draft Live on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. As you now will only have two hosts a week in a rotate between myself, Scott McLeod, David Hockney and David Campbell as we look to bring some freshness, some some reviality. Is that is that a word? I, I, I don't know. Vi- let's say vitality. Let's go with vitality. Yeah, oh. sure. That's, you, you know what I mean. You, you just catch my drift. <laughs> but if you're listening to us, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast, we're on it. Check out our Twitter, Suplex Retweet. Check out the Facebook page, our community page. Got our YouTube page as well. We're quite a showdown has just recently been recorded so that'll be coming out soon book it will be coming out soon against me and scott mcleod saturday draft live going at it again it'll be it'll be all sorts but as you know it is just the two of us and we're building sandcastles in the sky and sometimes i wonder what you're going to be david a general a doctor maybe an mc i I don't know how you doing I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. When you said sandcastles, and I, I was thinking of uh, sandcastles in the sand by Robin Sparkles. Sandcastles. <laughs> uh, what a tune! What a chanter she was. Uh, I'm good, Jack. Yeah, enjoying my zen off work. I view a week off work as an early temporary retirement in your twenties. So I've been golfing. Um, I've been sitting around eating too much, and it's been it's been splendid. I have to say, splendid. I say. And you can't tell me there's no such thing as a quarter life crisis. But. <laughs> How about after this stage, let's we'll, we'll go to them all today. Oh, absolutely! Come on, Jessica. Come on, Tori. Let's do it. But before we before we get to that, we need to do our usual top three of the week, and it'll, it'll, it'll please everyone's ears. We don't need to speak about Drew McIntyre, but we find. Oh, I would have loved that, mate. I would well, have loved well, well, we can actually. He's the first person to break 100 points in this season. He's on 101 points. Give up for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, no. but I, th- I think we've talked enough about Drew McIntyre, so let's advertise <laughs> another podcast here. If you want to go and check out First Time Films, you can find me over there. Uh, go and have a wee check out of that. Anything you want to plug, Jack? Uh, well, I'll, I'll plug the big picture again. Why not? Yeah, that's fantastic. Not, uh, get up, you Stephen Wilson. <laughs> Stephen, go and fuck, Stephen, go and fuck yourself. All right, what's the top three, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> We go in, and it's a successful title defence for Sheamus on Raw, <laughs> helping Frank Gallagher's team on seven points. A name we've not really seen much in the top three, uh, David, but as you spoke mm-hmm. before, really at the start of the season, you said that Ryan being able to take Sheamus and Apollo Crews, the two mid-card champions, will prove beneficial, and we're, we're kind of seeing that going right now. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because he put the captaincy on Apollo, um, but it actually would have been more beneficial for him to put it on Seamus, because uh, Seamus has 37 points right now, and the the funny thing about this, Jack, is that Seamus, I think, has now defended the title maybe twice on Raw, like, because he's done this thing where he's avoided title defences throughout his entire reign, um, so the fact that he's managed to pick up Seamus, 37 points for the season, 20th overall, like, we talked about him doing it from so far back, he's really had it's been about consistency with Seamus and Apollo to a certain extent. It's not necessarily been about breaking into the top three every week, but he manages to do it this week. And again, good on him. Good on him. I think uh, our, our next 
our next person in the top three on eight points is Tony Schiavone. Mm. Gary's new new captain. And I, I, I was about to say maybe he's the new Adam Pearce, but I wouldn't go as far as say that yet. Cause I think what we saw in Adam Pearce last season was quite yeah. quite extraordinary. But mm-hmm. I think it's 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 high time we've maybe got someone in the same level as Adam Pearce that isn't going to be wrestling that can prove beneficial to a draft team. I think he proves to have more longevity than Pierce because we've seen Pierce slow down in the recent weeks. Job sharing with Sonia Deville, essentially, whether that changes going into next season or beyond, we don't know. But it's got to look right now that Tony Schiavone is the, the hotter prospect. He's got the captaincy on him. I've taken the captaincy off Pierce. I've put it on Big E. There's three points separating them. Pierce will not be above uh, Schiavone for much longer this season. But the captaincy on him, I think, is a smart move from Gary. And Jack, to be honest, I think it's a move that you should be trepidatious about to a certain extent because if Gary is going to somehow make a push for first place in this last stretch of the season, Shivani is going to be the reason that he's going to get up there, I think. All I know is I'm glad there's only a month left <laughs> and that this wasn't done earlier because that my team is slowly, it's not, not derailed, but it's, we'll maybe we'll talk about it in a wee bit, but maybe some, petrol. Aye, petrol. We're, 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 we're getting near the end, the car's just being pushed over the line, but someone that might have a bit of a, a gripe with what happened last night in SmackDown as the, the women's title match got moved from the pay-per-view to Smackdown last night, obviously the fans were back, it was great to see and they wanted that kind of marquee match, so to speak, and that match got put on Smackdown for Bianca Belair, a successful title defence, mm-hmm. only getting 11 points. Obviously Stephen will be happy that uh, his number one picks at the top of the table, second overall, but it could be 22 points cut on yeah. Sunday, you know what I mean? I know, and that's the the problem with this, and it's it's so it's so difficult to say that a title win is the death nail for someone's tight, uh, championship hopes, but I do think it is. She's the second highest scorer for the season, eighty seven points. Uh, obviously, still should have picked Drew, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Bianca it was definitely a, a strong pick from that position. However, it's like you said, he wanted that at the pay per view, and who else does Stephen have to really get big points from? between here and SummerSlam. He has Diamond Mine, who, you know, they're not really competing as a tag team. Jay also could potentially get um, a title tomorrow night at Money in the Bank, but it looks as though that could be saved for SummerSlam. And then Riddle, Conti and Zayn are not exactly going to have you shaking in your boots. He needed that pay-per-view win, that pay-per-view championship win from Bianca Belair. Didn't get it. And I do think that we will see Stephen probably finish third or even fourth as a result of that this season. Having said that, it's been a good effort, as always, from Stephen Wilson. I think the the, the unfortunate thing for for Stephen is that there is only really kind of two clear directions for what his team's going to come towards SummerSlam. Like after, after Money in the Bank, you don't really know what's happening with Bianca Belair. You, you're going yeah. to assume that she's defending their title, but what's going to happen in the four weeks before? We've, we've seen the map, map like... He's, he's obviously wanting to compete with me. My pay-per-view performances haven't been so great, but I've got a team that's wrestling every week. I've got mm-hmm. to get that's where my points are getting. That's maybe not where he's seeing the points coming so much. So as you said, maybe it is the, the nail in the coffin for Steven. I think so, because especially if you look at the other two contenders, if you say that, Gary has Lashley going to be in TV, Ripley probably defend, Rollins will be in a story, Baker could defend, Joe, Shivani. That's a really, really strong team, both for pay-per-view and week-to-week that Stephen doesn't have. And I'd probably say, like, you're looking at your team, Jack, right now, 
your best bet is probably Page because he's got a world title match coming up. Uh, but the pay-per-view that he's going to be competing for the world title comes after this season finishes. You know, so I honestly think if, if the cards line up for Gary, it could be in some scenario a photo finish. Having said that, as we've always said, the, the odds are entirely in your favour at this point in time. But uh, we were also were speaking of, I was, I was just uh, recalling through the, the, the draft chat uh, between the hosting team, of course, Stephen is there because he does the, the, the spreadsheet nonsense. Oh, it no. won't go away. It's ridiculous. I've tried to put a court injunction in it. I'm actually <laughs> But he has said that after Sunday, so beginning Monday, is putting a captain change in place and Jay Uso will be his captain. A smart, cho- smart choice. It's a smart yeah. choice, but um, will it be enough? I... We've seen what it can do for Hockney. I mean, Hockney's been sort of getting steady points from from Jimmy, sort of surging up the table. Um, and in fact, Hockney is was on seven, 16 points for his weekly score, which is complete change in fortunes for him. But I just don't know if it's enough if we're talking about the other end of the table to get Stephen to that first spot. But we'll see what happens. Right, well, we'll, we'll move on to the table as it is. And... Uh... Someone with, since the transfer window is kind of what we're used to saying at the bottom of the table, Sarah's on 119 points after the, the different uh, throwing around the transfer points and players. But maybe, maybe, maybe we should make a wee climb and try and get out that last position where Scott <laughs> is about five, five and a half points ahead of her there and 124 and a half. Mm-hmm. Your, your good self, David, you're on 135. But we'll talk about your team in a bit. So I won't, I won't dwell too much on your points total right now, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on. And quite, quite a big jump. We see Ross on 158 points. David Hockney in sixth position, 164. Our Listeners League winner of last season, Randall Gleish, he's two and a half points ahead of Hockney on 166 and a half. And then this is where we kind of see the kind of a big divide come. We've got Ryan Gallagher, 198 points. Gary in 207. Mm-hmm. Stephen on 216. And then a 43-point difference between myself and Stephen. The gap the gap has closed, but it won't have closed enough. It's what may folk, folk might would have thought because of yeah. what happened last night. 100%. I do think that that gap maybe is still too big to bridge, but crazier things have happened in this draft. Uh, and we've always said this is a long season. You need to see what's happening right up to the final bell. Talked about McIntyre slowing down. It, do- it doesn't look like you'll be getting pay-per-view win points this Sunday, Jack. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if, if Stephen can manage to get a tight win for Gio, so that obviously puts him a bit closer to you. But we'll just need to see, is it enough? I don't think so. But it's... Uh... It's, it's, I guess it's your favourite time of the, the, the show, David. Oh, my God. Listen. The, the prepared, league. I've prepared for this. All right. Well, uh, going take it away. Take it away, my I, friend. I, I'm going to take this very, very seriously. Listen, guys, the Listeners League is one of the things um, that is the lifeblood of this draft. And we need we need to take it, we'll treat it with reverence. We need to treat it very seriously um, because these guys put in a lot of effort picking teams after we've picked them. Like, the audacity to do that. People need to have balls to think they're actually being impressive by basically taking someone's sloppy seconds. It's the strength of character of the Listeners League losers that I really respect. In fifth place this week, we've got Johnny Napier with Nay Hasso Brasso. This guy thinks that he lives uh, in 16th century uh, fucking USA. He thinks he's from the wild, wild west. But I'm just telling you, you're just a bit of a wanker, Johnny Napier. In fourth place, 
Adam Callier with P45. That's exactly, Jack, funnily enough, <laughs> what I would love to give to the listeners league in general. <laughs> it's just to sack it. It's just to get rid of it. So Adam Callier, I think, is that's a desperate cry for help. Uh, Jonathan Swift is in first place with Swifty Tombstones Lee. He must really hate Lee because a tombstone, Jack, can give you a broken neck, as we know, uh, which is something that I don't think Jonathan should be doing. But that's exactly the type of psychopaths I expect to live in the listeners league. Uh, Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley. I disagree. I think the booking of Rhea Ripley has been really weak since she went to the main <laughs> roster. Um, while, she be, while she may be really talented, uh, I don't even know she's married. So let's say Miss Ripley, Ross Brady, you fucking misogynistic prick. Uh, and then in first place, we have JB with shirts and balls out. Finally, a team name I can get behind. Obviously, Pride Month has just passed us. Uh, so I just think all oh, balls out would be wonderful back to you in the studio Jack that's the listeners like David Hockney you're up next week man <laughs> how are you going to compete with that Jesus but <laughs> we, we move <laughs> we, we, we move on and, uh, David Campbell hello hello. <laughs> hi it's good to see you <laughs> it's your team we're talking about this week Okay. Was, we're moving on from the listeners league. We're moving on. To I'm slightly nervous about this, by the way, because I've, I've tried to avoid talking about my team as much as I could this season, to be honest. But we'll see see how this goes. <laughs> so yeah, your your team as it stands is Omega and Callis, Adam Pierce, Biggie, William Regal, Sonia Deville, and Piper Niven. Mm-hmm. You made yeah. you made you made transfers. I, I can't quite mind what transfers you made. So if you can, uh, I made I made four transfers. Trans- I made four transfers. I've kept two of my original team uh, in the transfer window. Uh, I got rid of FTR to bring in Omega and Callis uh, as my tag team. Was that was the uh, move that I made there? Um, I also uh, brought in William Regal uh, in a trade with Stephen for Sami Zayn. Um, I brought in Sonia Deville by getting rid of, uh, I believe it was it was Becky Lynch or um, what's her name, Red Velvet, and then I brought in uh, Dewdrop Piper Niven uh, in one of the other places as well. So yeah, I did a lot of work in the transfer window, Jack. A lot of work. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll ask you about William Regal. It's it's mm. the one I'm probably most sceptical out the lot. Yeah, I, I guess obviously you, the 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 perfect scenario for you would have been Sami Zayn winning mm-hmm. money in the bank, and I think the whole conspiracy thing would be good. But obviously that didn't that's that hasn't turned out to be in William Regal. Obviously with Samoa Joe coming and force you thought a lot of screen time a trade that you thought maybe would work out in paper, but it hasn't quite yet. Yeah, it's it's not the thing is right. He's got three points, and I don't actually think that's much more than Sammy's got in the same period of time since the transfer window, to be honest. So I'm not kicking myself over it too much. While I do hope, I did hope that it would have worked a bit better, my hope comes in the next month that we've seen what happened with Joe and Cross on NXT last week. So maybe Joe's out next week. Maybe it's on Regal to make four appearances and all of a sudden the fortunes have changed and it's doubled the amount of points that he's got for me uh, since the window, right? So that's that's the thing with Regal. I just saw more story with Regal than I did with Sami Zayn. Obviously, it looks like he might be doing something with Finn Balor um, after last night in SmackDown. But if I was to compare the two, I'm still, go- I'm still happy with the Regal pick at this point in time. I've still got hope with that one. And obviously, you've you've, t- you've taken the the, the newly debuted superstar on on Monday Night Raw, uh, Piper Niven, of mm. known as Dewdrop right now on yeah. 
on on Raw. She's in quite a prominent spot. It seems that backstage are pretty high on her because of how she's been portraying herself over the the, the recent month. I believe I believe she's in the Money in the Bank match. I know she's she's no. not, unfortunately, but I, I could see her still doing something at Money in the Bank. Um, the the thing with Dewdrop is to me it's a no brainer. You look at someone like Asuka who's been around for all the season on sixteen points. Piper Nevin Dewdrops on nine. You know, like she will overtake her in this last stretch of the season compared to what some women in this draft have done throughout the entirety of it. Bailey's only got 11 points. That's two points ahead of her. So I'm really happy with the pickup of Dewdrop. I do think wins are on the horizon. Uh, it's, it's been reported that Vince McMahon's really high in what she's doing, really likes her. And a dominant superstar, big big lassie, which I think uh, Vince likes. So I'm happy with my hopes for that. I think she's going to be a steady anchor on the team. Pick up a few more points in TV. Let's see if they can do something. Perhaps win the women's tag belts at SummerSlam could be in the horizon for her neither. But uh, the, the kind of the last question, I'll, I'll leave it Megan Callis because we, we spoke about the kind yeah. of formula for the wrestler manager, I think, before. And if it, yeah. it works, it works. It doesn't. Who, 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 who cares at this point? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you, you, you've gone on record on quite a few occasions to say that you have the two Money in the Bank winners in your team. Uh, I do. Big E and Sonya Deville. Like Big E's your captain now? Big E's the captain because he's the one I'm, I'm most confident with. Um, and I'm actually more confident because he took the fucking pin in that Fatal 4-Way last night and sat down. So I was like, everyone was like, oh, oh, is that not a bad thing? I'm like, that's a great thing. That just tells you WWE's booking. He's definitely winning that match now. Uh, I think it just makes too much sense. And uh, Sonia, I think the story is there. They've really played up this Liv thing, played up the thing with Liv and Sonia. I think Sonia's going to take Liv out and, and then go and win the Money in the Bank match herself because there has been extensive reports that she's training for a comeback. And we talk about the gap between me and Ross earlier said it's a bit of a sizable gap I've calculated on those money in the bank matches alone I could get up to like 34, 36 points Jack, alright all of a sudden the narrative changes, all of a sudden I could be ahead of Ryan Douglas after money in the bank, all things going well you know what I mean? So this is what I've you always say about the season. It's a long run. And I came out of the transfer window looking at the money in the bank matches. Who could I get? Where could I place myself in the best position? Because like I said from the start, I drafted last. My aim is not really to win because it's not really practical. My aim is to get as high as possible. So if I can manage to secure a fifth place finish out of this, I'll be happy with that. Well, if, if Bliss doesn't win it. Tomorrow night, I'd, I'd rather be Sonya Deville because that's got no impact on how my team will do in the draft. So that's <laughs> that's that's absolutely fine. I'll, I'll back that horse, David, if, if you if you so please. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And listen, I've had a, a couple of bad weekly scores recently, um, which could lead, to, and I don't want Scott or Sarah to overtake me because I don't want to finish last. Even if you're drafting last, like it's still it's still never good to finish down there. You know what I mean? And we talk about draft position all the time, how the advantage it does give you. Uh, you look at Stephen and Gary, uh, second and third behind you, they drafted first and second. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, like, you've done well to draft from fourth and get yourself up to first, you know what I mean? So, um, draft position is really important. I recognise that. You win the last season, you come in with a sort of disadvantage to the season after. But I'm actually pretty content with the way my team's performed because it's been far from a disaster for me, I don't think. So, let me ask this hypothetical question, and obviously you and, the, you and your former uh, tag partner, the Goat Tones, won the, <laughs> the, the last yeah. season. And okay. he drafted from ninth position. Yeah. And we see him up in fourth right now. Okay. Do you think if it was you that drafted ninth position, would you have taken oh. some of the picks that 
or would you have thought of some of the picks that maybe he was able to get, or do you think it was just not not sheer luck? Listen, or... no, I'm able. To, I'm able to put my pride aside. I wouldn't have picked up Paul and Seamus. I, I I thought I believe that that was a stroke of genius in Ryan's part, but that was the thing with the goat tones. It was always like it was the reason we won was because it was a meshing of two really different drafting styles and drafting thoughts. Like, we had extensive discussions about it. And I know from those discussions, like, how good Ryan can be at this game because he's he's a guy who will take the punt and he's a guy who will take risks. I think Apollo and Seamus, to a certain degree, were risks. I think Ross talked about it last week. Midcard champion, sometimes not the most stable in the company, but he's played a blinder up until this point with them. So hats off to him. I wouldn't have done it, Jack. No, I don't think I would have been in Ryan's position right now had I been drafted ninth. I would I would say that Ryan, considering where he drafted from and where he is, Ryan has probably drafted the, the best from mm-hmm. how, how things have gone. I think 100%. I... I I have drafted well, but I do think it was also just part of poor strategy from the three before me. That's probably oh, in the position that <laughs> Dave's going to get really annoyed about me. I was bringing up Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez again, but it, it, it's undeniable that the the big reason that you're in this dominant position is because Dave took Raquel Gonzalez ahead of Drew McIntyre, and it's you know it's, I don't I don't want to upset anyone. You know what I mean, but. Got to call a spade a spade. That is 101 points is a massive total to try and overcome. I'll I'll tell you right now. See for if I I assume Drew would have been gone, mm-hmm. and the, the three I had down from my first round, I was always wanting to take a guy because I knew that the two women's champions would be gone yeah. first, and I, I assumed Drew would be as well. And if I wasn't able to get Drew, the three I had down was Sheamus, Randy wow. Orton, and Adam wow. Page. Oh, Hangman Page, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was wow. very confident because he was on that win streak for so long. I was like, I don't see this ending. Then all of a sudden, he got put into that program with Team Taz for like three months. Well, the thing is, it, twenty-four points for round three singles draft pick isn't terrible. It it just would have been terrible had you drafted him yeah. first. You know what I, I mean? I shot my luck that he dropped. He dropped down in the third round because I needed to get a woman next, and I was Alexa Bliss. I mean, do, do, do you mind that Ross said that Alexa Bliss was a shit draft pick? Yeah, in the second round, that was ridiculous. I know, I was, I know, I know. I know. Exactly. Like, to be honest, Alexa, I think he's just thinking historically because she has, she's always hit and miss. Alexa Bliss, she's one of those ones you look at and you're just sort of like, ah, oh, I don't know what they're, where they're going to go for. I don't know what's going to happen here, but. She's been she's been a great second round draft pick for you uh, up until this point in the season. She's actually the third uh, highest second round draft pick, only eclipsed by Jay Uso uh, and Apollo Cruz. So yeah, and I think I think on that lovely note, a nice a nice twenty minute show for 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 two people on this. So yeah, well we'll, we'll end it there. Uh, obviously, uh, welcome to the new year, sorry, draft live, David. You're a permanent fixture now. You must be pretty happy. Listen, when we when we started this this show back in the day, um, I only wanted it to be twenty minute episodes because it's a Saturday morning. You know, ain't got places to be. <laughs> so I'm happy that it's went back to that tradition of let's get in and out, let's do the analysis, and let's go and have our breakfast, people. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you won't see me next week. You won't see David Campbell next week, but I will be the returning Scott McLeod and the Listeners League connoisseur, David Hockney, bringing you all the analysis of the wrestling week with points and draft scores and the fallout from money in the bank. Will I still have that sizable lead? Probably. 
We'll find out next week. <laughs> See you later. Bye.